Hi, friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. Thanks to the internet world, we all have been educating ourselves about emotional eating, the fitness, about people pleasing, about traumas. But have you ever wondered where is this all coming from? What is the root cause of all these behavioral patterns that we we witness and we experience? I always am so intrigued about self-discovery and improving myself, being the best version for my kids being their role model, modeling the behaviors that I want them to instill in them, right? I want to plant the seeds for them. And in order for me to do that, it's so important for me to invest in my education. In order for me to do that, it's important for me to have conversations with with other, you know, experts. And so that's why today we're bringing you a qualified fitness and trauma-informed coach, Ilaria who specializes in helping women overcome emotional eating and achieve their fitness goals without falling back into their old habits. And having struggled with emotional eatings for eating for years for herself, she perfectly understands the frustration and the root causes of these cycles. And so she's super passionate about helping women break free from this cycle, build deep confidence, achieve their fitness goals, and finally feel good in their skin. And so in today's episode, me and Ilaria, we're talking about people-pleasing and where is this coming from and what can we do about these behaviors for our children and for ourselves. So let's welcome Ilaria. Thank you for joining us and we can't wait to hear your wisdom. You're welcome. It's so good to be here. This particular subject is so close to my heart because I didn't think I identify myself as one of those. And, you know, um, in fact, I've seen like a lot of behavior patterns with my husband, you know, with my older one, and just in the house. And I've seen this a lot, even at work. In fact, I just had a conversation with my little one. And he actually asked this question. I'm going to bring it up when the time comes. But right now, first of all, Ilaria, I really want to ask this question that because a lot of times there is so much awareness about people pleasing and everything out there. But in your, you know, in your opinion, can you, you know, what does people pleasing really mean? And if you can explain why is this so harmful? Yeah. So there is a lot of, awareness around people pleasing out there but the interesting thing is that I find that a lot of people find it really difficult to even self-identify themselves as a people pleaser because it is such an ingrained copy mechanism that we have you know as a former people pleaser myself still always healing and always find ways in which I'm pleasing that I'm not even aware of it's like so ingrained that I remember when I first started my journey I was like 
this is who I am. This is how things are done. This is how it is. And to even start to consider that actually, no, this is not how it is. This is just how I've learned it to be because of my circumstances. So going back to your question, people pleasing is, is a copy mechanism that we use and we have learned to adapt in order to make us feel safe. When our environment as children was a place where we couldn't feel safe emotionally, physically, mentally, in every way. So in a way, people pleasing is an adaptation to our environment. When we're not feeling safe, we have learned to please in order to maintain the connection. And whenever I talk about this, I always say that we have to look at it from a child perspective. Because if we look at it from the adult self that we are today, we can say, oh, well, but that's ridiculous. Obviously, it's safe to say no. Obviously, it's safe to disagree and it's safe to put yourself first and not make yourself available to everything and everyone. But we have to understand that this is a child reaction. This is our inner child. It is our nervous system that it has been wired this way in childhood. And so saying no doesn't come so easy because of that reason, because there is a whole series of things that come up and our nervous system literally gets activated to this danger, to this perceived danger that when somebody asks something of us, we feel as if like we're supposed to attend to them before we even check in with ourselves. So the harmful part of people pleasing, it's exactly this, is the disconnection with ourselves. Because when we start, when we have learned to please, we lost ourselves. And because it happens so when we are so young, and obviously there is a spectrum of pleasing where, you know, everyone is at different stages, but we don't even have the space, the safety of a space, the, the time, the opportunity to even inquire into ourselves. Like, what do I want? What do I like? Who am I? Because we are so tuned in, again, for reasons of safety, into what other people want of me, what other people uh, are feeling, and what, what consequences do I want to avoid in order for me to feel safe? And because of this, we don't develop a strong sense of self. And that's why people prison is so ingrained. In order for me to be okay, I need you to approve of me. I love that. Yeah. No, I, that was, that was deep. And th this is why I was just so excited to have a conversation with someone, you know, who who has been through this journey, who has seen it. Like I personally have experienced it in my life. I kind of have a different identification and different awareness about the same thing. But it, this all connects dot for me uh, looking at my husband's journey because, you know, he's been through a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of disconnection in childhood. And no wonder that, you know, even at the age of 35, he didn't know what he wants. He would do what his mom want. 
He would do what other people wants of him. He actually gave up on his career because somebody else was here and he had to, you know, give them ride and whatever. He had to be with them and support them. So he gave up on the career that he wanted to start at one point. And so I totally understand where this is coming from. And this is why I was excited because it's so important, specifically, even though you're not a parent, I wanted to bring you in because it's important for us to us parents to understand how we can change the trajectory for our kids. Because, you know, in childhood is what everything happens, right? This is where the the whole ingraining thing happens. This is where the acquired belief and the values come for our child. And so if we want to do, you know, if we want to have a better future and if we want to have empowered leaders for tomorrow, well, guess what? It starts from home, right? It starts from us parents. And so that's why educating ourselves is so important. And specifically, like, you know, someone who has been through their, you know, who's been through the journey and like how, you know, we've had conversation, how you've been through the the process with Dr. Gabor, uh, Gabor Mate, right? And so it's so important to understand from the facts and not just, you know, like the fluff that we have, that we call it on the internet, right? And so I appreciate it. And this actually connects with, everything connects with what I was saying earlier about my son. So my little one, he's five and a half. And today we were just having dinner and he goes like, Mama, can, you, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. He's like, what if someone says, can I go in front of you? What should I say? What do I need to say? Yes or no? And I thought that was such a wonderful question. He's five and a half. First, I felt so like I felt really, I felt amazed that he is asking this question. And second, I felt grateful that and you know blessed that he he's trusting me and he feels safe with me to ask me that question so he's like what should I do you know when someone is asking me to be in front of me and so I asked like what do you want to do you know what is it that you feel you want to do in that moment he's like I want to say yes I want to say yes forever so I said you know so I asked like do you want to say yes because you want to or do you want to say for something else he's like i just want to be nice and i said yeah and that's okay you know us wanting to be kind is a totally that's that's amazing but that doesn't mean that you put yourself last and he goes like oh okay so so then sometime i can say yes sometime i can say no and i said exactly the days when you feel like you want to say yes, you say yes. The days you feel like you want to say no, you say no. He goes like, hmm, that makes sense. So sometimes I'll say yes and sometimes I'll say no. And so just, you know, our parents too, like this is why it's so important. And I'm, I'm so glad how universe just works out sometimes. <laughs> you know, it just comes that question. I don't know where we were eating and he brings it up. But when the child doesn't feel safe, the one coping mechanism for them is people pleasing. It comes because they are looking for an approval or validation about themselves from somebody else. And so, you know, this is why, like, I remember, because like how you said, you know, it could be different spectrum. And for me, particularly, I noticed that I have this people pleasing trait with my mentors 
or my teachers only, like that sort of relationship, you know, mentor or teacher, not with, you know, not with other people. Because I, to me, people pleasing is like when you meet other people's expectations before meeting your expectations. And, you know, yeah. you, you. And put, when there is a fear of right, rejection, fear based. Of no validation behind it, because by definition, people pleasing is a response, a trauma response to fear. And that fear is fear of not being approved of and fear of not being like, because at the, at the bottom of that, there is an element of, if you don't approve of me, then I lose myself. I don't, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't be okay. And this is a big part of the healing when you start the work of people pleasing to actually arrive at a place where you know, it would be nice if you agreed with me and if you were on board with my ideas and with my lifestyle, whatever it is, but I don't need you to approve of me for me to be okay. At the early stage of people pleasing, and this is extremely important what you were saying, we have to understand this for kids, is it's a choice that children don't really have because when we learn to please others in childhood, we are learning to ignore ourselves. So whatever is authentic to us as our, our truth in order to stay connected to our caregivers or our parents. But a child doesn't have that choice because if a child is being told off for being loud or messy or angry or sad, you know, children are not meant to be quiet, are they? Being messy and being loud is their own way to be fully expressed and explore themselves and the world that they are in. But if they are told off for their behavior, what they're hearing is my mom or my dad or my caregiver cannot be with me when I'm experiencing this emotion. Okay. And so... If my mom can't be with it, then I can't be with it because I can't self-regulate myself. I don't have the capacity. And so I have to change who I am because if I keep being loud, then my mom, you know, my caregivers don't accept me. I'm not approved of. So I have to find a way. And, you know, some kids go the rebellious route. So I get even louder. I get, but that's still a way to control the reality. It's still a way to cope with it. And other kids go to, I'll be quiet. I'll change myself. I attend to you. I please you. I abandon myself so I can be everything you want me to be and get your approval, get your thumbs up. And so that I can be okay with myself. And that's where we lose ourselves. We don't get to know who we are because we can't. It's a matter of survival. We bring that into childhood, into adulthood. This is such an like a rooted in childhood, you know, uh, a pattern that it's kind of even even at this point, even as adults, it's so hard to rewire ourselves to accept ourselves, and that's why the you know, like everybody tells us, you know, self-love, self-care, get it. But if self-acceptance is not there, we can't, we're having a hard time. We're going to have a hard time loving ourselves. 
because there's no self-acceptance. And so I wanted to, you know, just from just from this, like, what do you think there are like, you know, are some common reasons that people engage in people pleasing behaviors? Because I noticed that not having self-acceptance is why people, you know, engage in this people pleasing behavior, I feel. But I wanted to I wanted to see if you you know, if you can share if there are any, you know, reasons that people engage in these kind of behaviors. The main reason is to stay connected and keep themselves safe. Because if you, again, if you don't approve of me, I don't know what to do with myself. I go into panic. My nervous system is activated. I'm experiencing a crisis. So I have to engage into. And also, this is not a conscious decision. It's not conscious, it's the, the nervous system is wired that way. And in adulthood, we, we just find ourselves overcommitting, saying yes to everything, canceling our plans to suit somebody else, rearranging our plans to make other people happy. And, and then we just find ourselves overwhelmed, drained. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. But it's not a conscious decision until we actually realize what am I doing and why am I doing this? Why am I finding myself drained all the time? Why am I just running around trying to please everyone? And I'm always the last one that gets to, you know, that gets to look after me. A good, a good indication, if you ever, if anyone is listening, wonder if you're a people pleaser, is we grow resentful because I always do everything for you. I'm always available, you know, and whenever you need someone, crickets. So that's a good indication. But reasons why people engage to pe- in people pleasing is mostly the unconscious reason of keeping myself safe and keeping the connection with the other person. Because losing the connection is not something that we know how to deal with. Right, right. I want to take a second pause and also share a disclaimer that, you know, we also are not here to label each other. We're just identifying a behavioral pattern that we've been living unconsciously. And, you know, we're not aware of these patterns in our in our in our life. And this is what hindering our self growth. This is what's hindering our, you know, the acceptance, the self acceptance, and where we're not, you know, where we feel we're connected on the external level, but we're still starving for that connection internally. And so we're just sharing some of the patterns that we've seen in in our personal journeys. And we're just sharing so that, you know, maybe this can help you identify your behavioral pattern and maybe you can, you know, do something if you're suffering from this. So I just wanted to share, you know, because we've been we've been saying people pleasers, I just want to make sure that we're not, you know, we're not labeling you or, you know, we're not labeling ourselves either. We're just identifying a behavioral pattern. So Ilaria, like, you know, how we said that, we know how we engage. And now let's say, okay, fine. I'm new to this world world of behavioral patterns. And I can say, like, I can identify myself that, you know, I've been on this route of people pleasing. What can you tell people like me? How can I, how can I take care of my own needs? Because you you know, what we're saying essentially is when we're people pleasers, we put ourselves last. And so to me, Putting myself first is the ultimate solution. So what 
do you think I can do to take care of my own needs? Yes. Before we even, I think this is my belief that before we even learn how to take care of our own needs, in most cases, we need to discover what our needs are. Mm, I love that. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> this is so important. And I, I agree 100%. We need to know what are my needs. And that's where everything I think it falls because we don't know what we want. What is my need? It all falls down like everybody just, you know, then all comes down to self-worth and, you know, not feeling enough, but whatnot. But I'll let you continue. Tell tell us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I think this is the step that a lot of people tend to skip and they go straight to, okay, how can I assess my need? How can I set my boundaries? But how can you do that without actually being very clear with yourself about what your boundaries are? What are the things that you can tolerate? What's tolerable? What's intolerable for you? What are your needs? What are the needs that you have to meet with yourself? What are the needs that you need other people to meet for you, especially when you are in, you know, in relationships, whether it's a friendship or, or a romantic one? So being very clear of that. And because being a people pleaser myself, for example, using me as an example, I've always been so tuned into other people, so that walking on eggshells, trying to literally be wired into how, how other people feel and, you know, how they might react to me doing, you literally don't have the time to get to know you. So when you do this work, you have to start from scratch, which can be a very exciting thing to do because you get to reinvent yourself in whichever right, way you right. want. But it can be really hard as well. Because I was like just going to say that it could be exciting, but at the same time, it could be very traumatic too, because we kind of lost like how we've been saying earlier, right? You, you kind of, when you lose yourself, you don't even know where to begin. And you don't even know, like sometimes you feel like, because I know from my husband's journey, he would say, I don't even know if I exist, right? He's like, where have I been? And what is me? Like sometimes he's he's even asking because he's having such a hard time getting to that core need. What is my core need? Right? Like we all have like a human core needs. But then what is exactly mine? Like, you know, what is unique to me? And so I I totally, I totally get that. It's it's hard. The tricky thing as well in adulthood, when you start to do this work and rediscover yourself, is that one of the best way to discover yourself is through play isn't it it's almost like going back to reconnecting to the inner child what did you enjoy what is your free and like fully expressed version of you that you couldn't explore as a child because you, you no longer felt safe because we're disconnected to ourselves to go back to that space of play can feel really difficult because again our nervous system is still wired to perceive that play as an unsafe space. So that's the work. That's where the work has to take place. And that's why it's so important to not just talk about these things and talk about this behavior and talk about, it's about, it's so important to do the work at body level and actually go in your body with the emotions that you've suppressed, with the emotions that you keep suppressing in your life leave them space and explore. And that's how you find yourself in that way. 
I actually, um, I agree with the play part because I remember, because that's how I did it too for myself, because play, I feel you're right. Like, you know, play actually helps you find yourself again, because it all starts with inner child. In adulthood, if whatever we're going through, if we go back to the root, it's stemming from the childhood and it's always something with the inner child. So while thinking about like, oh my gosh, you know, I missed that in childhood. I could have done it. I should have, I could, you know, but I didn't, I didn't get chance, whatnot. Now I have a chance. Reparenting myself to, and, you know, taking care of that need that was suppressed, whether it's emotional, physical, you know, or, you know, any need, mental need that was suppressed now it's my chance to take care of my need. And so like you, like you were saying, you know, play can definitely help us find our way to, you know, to our, to our authentic self. I love that. Okay. Now let's say, you know, I want to do play. A lot of our listeners here are parents and moms specifically, right? So they might say like, okay, I get it, Ilaria, you know what you're saying. I understand. So when you're saying play, that means I have to take carve out some time for myself and whatnot. But as a mom, how do you say no to other people in order for you to make time for yourself? Like, you know, you're going to have to put some other responsibility on the back burner if you want to take care of yourself. So then that's where the question comes. How do I say no to the other people? For the yeah. things that I don't want to do. Yeah. So what, what would you say to them? I wish the answer was just as easy as just say no. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. And what I always say and what I teach my clients to do is um, pause. You don't have to answer straight away. And this is a good exercise to actually give yourself the time to check in with yourself before you even go into the automatic, yes, I'll be there, or yes, I'll do it, yes, sure. So just say, let me get back to you in a couple of hours. Even just something as simple as that will allow you the time to just sit with it, just like you did with your child at dinner tonight. Exactly the same thing. What do you want to do? What feels right to you? And this is all part of the healing to reconnect to yourself rather than, again, just going, yes, sure, I'll do it. It doesn't matter what I had planned. It doesn't matter what I need. I'll be there for you because you need me to be the person that says yes. Pause. Let me get back to you tomorrow or in a couple of hours. Or I'll let you know by Friday. And then you get some time to actually create a space where you can make a decision and you can check in with yourself. Where does this yes or no come from? Is it an authentic yes, because I genuinely want to be there for you, I want to help and whatever, or is it actually a yes, because I feel like I have to, because I feel like that if I said no, or if I were to not be available for you, they will get upset or they won't like me. That's so important. And once you get that there you will start to connect with the uncomfortable feelings of disapproval. And then the next stage would be to actually act on those feelings and deal with those feelings in a healthy way within yourself rather than engage in the soothing behavior. Because by saying yes, when you mean no, you are betraying yourself. 
and you're being dishonest in a way. And this our resentment comes up. I think I needed this answer than anybody else. I was telling you, Larry, before we started recording that, you know, this is going to be our candid conversation and whatever comes out, comes out, you know, whatever the universe wants to ask, they ask and whatever universe wants to answer, they answer. And funny enough, this, this, I was just making this whole scenario. And I think I needed to hear this because at work, I've been given this, this massive opportunity and a massive role that I've always wanted to do. And it comes along with all these responsibilities where, you know, because it's been only three weeks and I've been just asked to do certain things and the whole yes just comes out. Like I'm really good with setting boundaries and, you know, I've been doing it and hence why the role, because, you know, I have this, you know, I take pause and I don't just say, oh yeah, blindly like, oh yeah, you know, we'll get it done. I generally take my time and I just say, you know, we will get back to you. But I've noticed myself saying yes quite a lot of time, you know, a lot of more than what I wish I uh, would, you know, I need to say yes to. And a couple of my coworkers have reminded me, hey, hey, don't forget your boundaries. Don't forget your boundaries because, you know, you're the one who taught us to set boundaries. Now you need to take care of yourself. Today, in fact, I've said quite a few yeses that maybe I needed to pause a little, you know, and then just say, I'll get back to you kind of for you. So I've done it a few times, but I also have missed out on, on doing that. So I'm glad that you shared that perspective. It's, it's about pausing and buying the time so we can check in with ourselves. Yeah. And as you're talking, what comes to mind as well is that I believe that we have a knowing within ourselves that again is the disconnection that we need to reconnect to and that knowing is our most authentic truth so I believe that whenever we do things because we are supposed to or because we feel like we have to or because we want to avoid conflict or for whatever reason that isn't an authentic reason we know deep down that we are betraying ourselves that we are dishonoring something within ourselves whether it's a need or something else or a boundary exercising that connection with that knowing that I was talking about to say and that knowing will tell you if it's a yes that comes from a good place or if it's a definitely no exercising that connection with that knowing because that knowing is your is yourself is your truth because the, only when you can do that you can live an authentic life and then the next step would be to actually have the courage to speak that knowing and be able to say things like this doesn't work for me i am not available tonight but thank you for thinking of me or something like that you know you can and that's the thing is people pleasers one of the things that I've learned as well is that you can't say no and be kind at the same time the right people will want you to honor yourself like I couldn't imagine saying to a friend dishonor yourself to attend to me right but some people won't and that's another truth that we have to face some people won't like that you suddenly 
making your own decisions, Mm -hmm. you know. At that time, it's so important too, because I've been there. So, you know, when someone says no, I also used to think like, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, the conflict, always afraid of conflict. I know that's how the science would show up for me. And I think at that time, reminding ourselves that it's not about me. It's about them because they cannot take the no. Right? It's because maybe whatever their XYZ reasons are. So it's not about me. Otherwise, it brings the whole guilt up front. Like, you know, like, oh, I just lost that whatever the opportunity or or whatever the case is, you know, the friend or whoever. This was amazing. Before I let you go, I have two questions for you. One is, would you be able to share any, you know, any strategies or techniques that, you know, that us parents can actually use to break out of the cycle of people pleasing and start prioritizing our needs, you know, our inner child's needs and wants? I feel modeling in parenting works really well. And so as parents, it's possible that parents or, you know, moms, dads want to honor their needs and wants, but they're not able to because they're so stuck in this pattern of people pleasing behavioral pattern. So if you can share some strategies or techniques, that will be awesome. Yeah. Well, before I answer that, one of the things that came up just as you were talking, um, I want, what I do want to say is that the more you're able to honor yourself and the more you're able to be with your feelings, the more you'll be able to be with your child's feelings, especially when there are strong emotions such as anger or sadness, or the more you're able to be with your own, the more you're able to be with them. And the most important thing for a child to actually develop a healthy way to relate to other people is to have their feelings validated. So whenever a child misbehaves, don't make the feeling wrong because there is no emotion that shouldn't be there. So I can see that you're angry. I can understand that this is very frustrating, but it's not okay to behave this way. So validate the emotion and address the behavior. Yeah, I kind of have to also, you know, as projector, I have to be honest and I have to say that the practice that I've done it is validate the emotions and instead of saying but, I say and. And it has been, it has been such a game changer in order for them to receive because specifically my, my, my younger one gets, you know, he's very assertive. He knows what he wants. And so he... He hops onto the the angry train very fast. I may hop onto the same because, you know, of his strong emotions and I'm very empathetic. I have, you know, uh, whatever emotions he's going through, I take on the same. Some days it's so hard and some days I hop on his train. But there are days, you know, when it's, it's and he'll throw things, he'll, you know, he'll hit someone or he'll come hit me. So this is one of my practice, you know, it is so okay to, for you to be mad and it is not okay for you to hit me. It is so okay for, you know, you to feel frustrated and I won't let you hit me. You know, things I, and so when I started, so I used to use but, and one of my, my coaching, you know, one of my coaches actually helped me. This was like a year and a half ago. And he said, start swapping your but for and, and see how it feels. It felt like, you know, when I even deliver, it felt that it's a landing And it also was landing really well for the other person to receive it. 
And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that I started using swapping but for the end and it's, the result has been amazing. But like you were saying, you know, yes, validate um, emotions because if we invalidate, then how are we going to connect? Yeah, because it's that invalidation of the emotion that have us suppress it and show up as an authentic self to please. So that's the whole, like, that's the core thing. So going back to your question with the strategies, I mean, I wish there was a five steps to, yeah, a magic pill would be ideal, isn't it? But I wish there was like a five steps to healing people pleasing in 30 days that I could share with everyone without being inauthentic. But I'm a very deep and non-superficial person. So I think the most important thing is take that space that we talked about at the beginning. Because that space will allow you to be with yourself, which is the very thing that you're trying to escape from when we please. And as we are with yourself, I think one of the most effective and important questions that you can ask yourself is, if I were to not please, or if I were to say no, what would I have to deal with within myself? So what feelings are coming up? What emotions are coming up? What's the discomfort? Because it's that discomfort that you're trying to avoid and transcend through the people-pleasing tendencies, behaviors. And when you spend time in the discomfort, that's when your healing really, really starts to begin. And when you can let go of the people-pleasing. And it's a, it's a journey. Is not like a 30 days, you know, quick fix. They're not quick fixes. We fix wish. <laughs> yeah. We really wish that we have something like that. Absolutely. And yeah, of course. Because, yeah. you know, we all, like, I totally believe there is no one size fits solution for anything in life. You know, I'm unique. You're unique. You know, the generation coming unique. Everybody is unique. And so we all have a unique journey. We all might have need a different path to towards you know for for our healing journey and so i i agree and uh, but i'm i'm really glad that you brought up you know that taking that pause and buying out that time like yeah. i'll get back to you whatever that looks like for you i'll get back to you today or you know i'll get back to you in two hours or whatever and that's how you go deeper within mm -hmm. the connection with yourself and with the feelings feelings are there for a reason and when we please, yeah, when we please, there is the two elements of I am trying to escape the feelings of the fear of rejection through, so I'm going to please, so I don't have to feel this discomfort. And then beyond the pleasing behavior, then we have to deal with the feelings of overwhelm and the self-betrayal. What I see with a lot of my clients that I am starting to talk more in my work as well as you know, is what do we do with those feelings when we don't know what to do with? And also this has been my journey and this is what I am bringing more awareness to is the emotional eating, right? Emotional eating is eating on our emotions, emotions that we are trying to escape, emotions that we can't be with is the discomfort. So it's all connected. Like I was saying before, with that knowing, you know that you're betraying yourself. And the only way to not know 
is to engage in another behavior, such as, I know addiction is a big word. It is a reality too, because addiction per definition is just any behavior that we keep on engaging in, even though it has a negative effect on our life. So such as overeating and emotional eating and comfort eating, binge eating, in order to soothe those emotions. It is the one way that we try to have control over our lives. Because when we please, we feel out of power. We're knowing our power. Everything feels like I have no power over saying no. I have no power over doing this. I have no power over doing this. So there has to be, in some ways, a way for us to exercise control. So this is why I, I just mentioned this to say how important it is to create the space and be with yourself with those emotions because those emotions won't kill you. They might be painful to get through and do, do get some help if it's something that you can't do on your own and most people can't and that's okay. You know, we need support. Uh, and the big part of the healing is to be able to be witnessed in those emotions, because again, that's what was missing in childhood. To be witnessed in those emotions was wrong, it was unsafe. So in adulthood, you get support, you go to a coach that can support you in a way, you go to therapy. And in that relationship is the healing because you get witnessed, you get to be witnessed, you get to be seen with those emotions, experiencing those emotions that were so wrong. With the support. Yeah, to feel and with the support when you were so in we can feel. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I really love that. I could go on and on for emotional eating because I've seen I've seen my husband go through that journey. I could go on and on with the addiction journey. I've seen my husband go through that addiction journey. Ours was a little too much. It was all substance abuse and everything. But you know, it was all about because he didn't feel comfortable with his own feelings. So, you know, he felt unsafe. So it was all about numbing it. I totally understand. But that's where the whole thing is. You know, it's about being comfortable with uncomfortable feelings. And that's where the healing starts. It's about, you know, in that moment is where, okay, once we acknowledge, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Ask yeah. for support, like how you mentioned. Bring compassion and love to those parts of you that you had to reject so long ago. That's the healing. It's not so much about getting rid of anything. It's more about seeing yourself for who you fully are and compassionately loving yourself in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I really love that. This is this is amazing. Like like I said earlier, we can just go on and on. This is exactly. like if it, it feels like this is our thing now. Maybe, maybe we can do maybe a part we need two. to do again. Yeah, that's yes, what I was saying. Um, we're gonna I think we're gonna have to bring on part two where we can talk sure. a lot about emotional it. eatings. Oh, uh, yes. but before before I let you go, Laria, like tell us about a little bit of uh, you know, your current projects. how do you work? Like where can we find you? Tell us tell us. Everything, yes. the magic. <laughs> yes. So I am mostly on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram, Ilaria Petrucci underscore coaching. And we'll share all your all her details in our show notes. So you can just, you know, easily click on the links uh, in our show notes below and find her on. Yeah, her I'll page, send you so, yeah. a link to one of my freebies as well, which could oh, be really perfect. useful for people pleasing. Yes. And yes, so major part of my work at the moment, I work with people one to one. 
in a private coaching and I support particularly women who struggle with people pleasing, emotional eating and body image. That's what I am directing myself towards. So helping people achieving their fitness goals, but that they struggle with emotional eating, which goes back to people pleasing behavior. So it's all, it's the root cause. And it's funny because the body, and that's how I came to do this, because the body image and the weight and the overeating becomes the problem in somebody's life. And that's what in psychology we call a superficial problem, which is just a cover up for the real problem. But it's for as painful as it is to deal with being, you know, weight and body image issues and overeating, it's easier than dealing with the, the emotions and, right. and the emotions. Yes. Right. Now, I, I love that. It's, it's always what is seen externally is what we look at because the other one is unseen. And so we don't even think that that's a problem. But the real thing is what, you know, what we're not seeing, which is underneath the iceberg, because we always see the tip of the iceberg, the behavior, you know. The, yeah. And it's the, not until like we actually exactly. In. And it's not until we actually deal with the root cause that right. everything else gets resolved. I know that I've spent 15, 16 years of my life thinking that my weight was my problem, going from diet to diet to diet, trying different things, struggling in relationships. And I thought it was all down to my body image and myself. Mm. And actually, it's only when I started looking and how I was showing up for yeah. myself. Yeah. Boundaries, my needs, my people pleasing. Why was I being that way? Right. That I focused on that, worked on, my, on the emotional side of things dealt with my nervous system that then the weight kind of like took care of itself took care of itself in 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 many ways so yeah so I'm really passionate about this as well because women can get stuck in cycles that can last years and years and years so um I love this thank you Laria for sharing your you know for sharing your gifts and sharing your journey with you know with the world right now because we really need to share more, you know, stories about what the real problem is. It's not about just, you know, just the weight. It's not about the food habits. It's not about just that. It's about the emotional baggage that we've yes. carried for so long. It's about the the baggage of pleasing others that we've been carrying on are the root causes. And until we work through these root causes, there's no, you know, there, it's, it's just, it just sticks as information and there's no transformation. Not and we're here for transformation. Trans right. And, if, and yeah. if we want the transformation, we're going to have to work through the, you know, the root problem. Yeah. So thank you for, you know, for your services and for everything that you do. And we appreciate the awareness that you're sharing with the world right now. It's, we, it's much needed. I think we're going to have to do part two because we Definitely have so much to it. talk about. <laughs> we need to. So stay tuned until we come back again. We're going to bring Ilaria again. We're going to talk about the body image, body shame. We're going to talk about a lot, you know, the food habits and the binge eating and, you know, everything that we can Definitely. that we can uh, look into. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And uh, thank you, Ilaria, for uh, coming and sharing your wisdom with us. My very pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That's 
it for this week's episode of Race to Rise. Be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com and join us again next time for more wisdom about life, kids, and everything in between. I am Mithal Patel wishing you happy raising and rising. Rising.